0: You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. Here are your hosts, Eddie Accapinti and Greg Viscomi. Oh, another episode of Hawk Talk. Eddie Acapinti, Greg Viscomi here with you. Hey, Greg, happy holidays. Happy New Year. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great. Every time we start this off and there's like the intro, I have to resist urge to yell, good morning, everybody, like dog. <laughs> or good afternoon, everybody. I think of it every single time.
0: It, should we do it? We <laughs> no, might lose people if we there's do no, that. And there's, there's no way to do it's it. It's probably a copyright. It's just
1: a rip-off. I don't think it's a copy. It's just a rip-off of ours. So I'll have to settle for, you know, listen to Sour Shoes do it um, on The Stern Show. But that's a whole nother
0: conversation for another time. We would all just be doing our impression of someone doing an impression, <laughs> right, and right, it wouldn't work out. But, right. well, you know, one thing we are... Uh, Able to do and are excited about is uh, be joined by our guest today in, in just a little bit, and you know this Monmouth women's basketball team is undergoing this you know renaissance. It's really rising from the ashes under Coach Bogus and, and staff, and one of the reasons why has been the homecoming and the great play of Seagirt, New Jersey's own Stella Clark, who uh, is our guest on this episode of Hawk Talk. And before we talk to Stella, um, you know, Greg, it's it was a pl- it been a pleasure getting to know her, getting to learn her passions on and off the court, and it really was just a great time being able to catch up with her and, and get to know a little bit more about what makes Stella, you know, not just an athlete, but a student and a person as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's you, I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, she's just an impressive young woman. She's just... I came away really impressed with her, as I have a a bunch of our interviews so far. You know, George Pappas the other day when when Gary and Coach Rice interviewed him on the King and Badger show. And, uh, you know, like I've known George just from being around the program, but you really sit down for 40 minutes with somebody and and ask them all about them, and and you get to learn a lot uh, about what kind of makes them tick and and what their passions are. And uh, Stella was no different, and and it's really Becoming the best part of, of this podcast is getting to know these people when you peel peel, peel back the onion. Oof.
0: It's the first episode of the year for all of us. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But I completely agree. One of the the great things about this medium and to be able to explore these stories is the freedom we have in doing that. You know, when you and me and the, the team sat down and started putting together what we envisioned for Hawk Talk and... and The way we wanted to tell these stories, it allowed us to break free of some of the other restraints from timing on, you know, maybe video or through the written word in a press release. And I know um, it's been evident through these first couple ones, there's great stories to be told. And, you know, who are we to limit that based on time? Uh, You know, we want to let these great stories be told by, you know, we've already gotten coach, alum, administrator, and now current student athlete.
1: Yeah, definitely, and, and I think that was kind of the idea is that there's so many – we talked about a little bit on the first episode, but there's so many just excellent stories out there um, in and around Monmouth University College Athletics that uh, we would be remiss not to uh, tell them. And there's only so much you can do on a three-minute, you know, halftime interview on ESPN or a five-minute feature that, we, that uh, Ben and MDN and Gary put together um, – there, I say, written word, which is kind of going away quickly. Uh, so this is a great opportunity, and the podcast is, is such a wonderful medium for it because there's, there's no time constraint. We're not paying by the hour. We're not anything like that. And if somebody gives a great engaging, what we think is an engaging uh, interview, and it goes 45 minutes, 55 minutes, 65 minutes, we can let it run.
0: So, And the best part is, and I remember you and I, you know, when we got together to have this idea, it, it was, we don't want to limit what these, you know, people, student athletes can say. And I think it's important for us to be able to ask follow-up questions. You know, one of the reason. Jeff Stapleton's interview ran so long, is he gave us such great information, it allowed us to keep following up. Same thing with Coach Bogus, and as you'll hear, and just a few, uh, in just a little bit with Stella Clark, you know, the same thing, and um, her her experience, you know, going to another institution, having a great experience there, but then coming back home and being a central figure in uh, this new chapter of Mammoth women's basketball really was remarkable to to hear her kind of the inside of it. People look from the outside and they go, "Oh yeah, makes sense." come home, play great, but there's so much more to it. And one of the key things is to hear it through Stella's words makes it, in my opinion, all the more interesting.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, a little, a little bit of a sidestep here. I, I, for a long time, I've asked some of our coaches specifically on the football end, like, Hey, w- when you follow a student athlete and, and you recruit them and, uh, then they leave or they decide not to come and, and you're still following them and you're still, you know, one of our jobs, one of my jobs is to, is to monitor social media for our football program. And, and we have somebody who does it for each of our programs. Uh, I can still see them like, you know, celebrating the successes of those student athletes away from Monmouth. There's two reasons. One, because when our, our coaches recruit them, They're recruiting the person and they get to know the families. And even if that person decides not to come to Monmouth, if it's done the right way, they're still rooting for him. And then number two is because they can always come back. And we've seen some of our best student athletes or some of the best student athletes have gone out, tried at, at a different school or, or maybe had success at a different school and like Stella and have come back and really starred for, for us here. And, and that's like, it's an interesting part. Eddie Han is another person I think of like that RBC goes up to UConn, wanted a 1A opportunity or an FBS opportunity as close as you can get to that. Um, you know, Plays for four years, comes back and has is a two time All Conference linebacker for us. He's awesome and loves every minute of it. So it, it's just it's it's really amazing to get those people in here and talk to them and ask them about you know leaving or coming back or whatever. So I think it's an it's an interview people really like,
0: and you get to hear not only from Stella herself but uh, just all of the things that you, you know, want to learn and that you think you know about a student athlete, to hear it in her words really is remarkable. And you'll hear about her passions outside of basketball as well, uh, which really is a, a very interesting thing that Greg and I get into a little bit more, you know, at the at the tail end of the episode. But, um, you know, for fans that want to see Stella play, we all want to see Stella play really soon too, but you got to wait just a little bit. Uh, you know, one of the, the things that is kind of a byproduct of what we're all going through now One of the things that we thought maybe we were beyond, you know, as a society, as, you know, in college athletics is obviously the, you know, interruptions and pauses to the schedule based on things that are going on. And, um, you know, it's impossible to, you know, have a playbook for a pandemic. So we find ourselves in the position now of you can catch your breath a little bit. Before the what's going to be a flurry to the uh, you know restart and end of MAC play with both the men's and women's teams on pause, Um, but you know Greg, I think you know before we get to Stell, it's important for people to understand um, you know the decisions that get made and all of the information and, and things that go into those decisions as far as postponing games, having to replay, having to restart the MAC, having to revisit its. Uh, entire scheduling, you know, model with what goes on. I think it's important that we kind of you know peel it back a little bit and, and give people an understanding of what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, definitely. I
1: think, uh, like right out of the, out of the gate, kind of some kudos is definitely owed to to the the MetroLink Athletic Conference because they did look back at the at a policy that was really meant, I think, to I don't want to say punish, but but discourage people from not doing the right thing. When the virus was much different, when you know the boosters and and the and the shots were offering good immunity and 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 stopping the transmission of the virus, and uh, the, the thing has kept moving. And, and this isn't a science podcast, and neither me or you are doctors and or scientists, so we won't get into that. But uh, with the mutations and the Omicron virus now. Uh, you can be vaccinated. You can be doing all the right things and still spread it. You might have it and not even know it. Uh, so you know, for them to go back and sit down and say, okay, let's not punish people who are still doing the right thing. You know, our men's team is a hundred percent vaccinated. They've had to be put on pause because just inevitable. You know, you know, guys, you know, not even have symptoms, but we tested. Uh, you know, to ensure safety on everybody, and and now we're we're on pause for a little bit. So. Um, it's not taken lightly. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy that they revisited the forfeit policy and we will, uh, you know, go back to the drawing board and find some days to play these games. Uh, there is a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, you know, some places like Fairfield have to worry about playing at Bridgeport arena and they have to play around a schedule there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, other people have, you know, just more than just men's and women's basketball going on in, in their gyms or their arena. You know, You know, there's things like classes and missed class time and all that other stuff. Uh, And it's a, it's a lot of, there's basically a, a, like my mom's a teacher. I know your mom is as well, or was, my mom was a teacher. Um, I remember her getting up on snow days and with a phone tree and like one person would call her and then she'd have three people to call. And then those people would have three people to call. And that's how. The school got to find out about snow days or delayed openings or all that kind of stuff. The phone ring at like five in the morning, four in the morning. Uh, we have that now. It's just on text messaging. And it's like, hey, you know, uh, we got to postpone this game. We're looking at further dates. Okay, well, communications, let's get the word out online. Ticketing, we have to get to anybody who bought a ticket. We have to get some information to. And um, it's really one long phone tree. Uh, and then you have to start working on a new date, which, you know, sometimes AD does, sometimes you know, the, the senior women's administrator does in the case of men's and women's basketball. Uh, so it, there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes and a lot of things to kind of navigate through. So if we can get to a full 20-game season with with this virus going on, it'll be um, no small miracle, but it'll be, be thanks to a lot of hard work uh, to people who don't normally get to see any of the limelight.
0: If you were a student in New Jersey, by the way, and your, you know, parent guardian wasn't in higher education how many of us had to go to, this is back in the day, you'd go to 101.5, remember that? And you'd look at the scroll on the bottom, they were on like channel 12 back in the day. Yeah, channel
1: 12, or oh. uh, I think up here it was might've been TV 34.
0: Oh, and you just would sit there and go, oh my God, what are you waiting for the letter of your school to come up. Oh my goodness, where is it? Where? And then, what do you mean we're not on delay? That's crazy. Uh, so it's obviously something that we, we're all used to, but to not make light of anything, like Greg mentioned, so much of, What's going on now is, you know, and people, they're phrases you're going to hear for a long time. They're fluid situations. They are, you know, you have to make plans, then you have to remake plans, then you have to revise things, but it's no different than what everyone else is dealing with. And and I know we feel the same way about this the way that President Leahy and that everyone on campus has handled what's gone on, especially this past semester, uh, it really in the last you know 20 months has been really remarkable. and having you know graduations and being able to have classes safely. So we know that it'll be done the right way in conjunction with the other Mac institutions in the league office. But like so many of us, we're ready to get back to games, but we're gonna do so um, you know obviously in a safe environment that um, really it's puts the student athletes, Really, their safety kind of priority because they're practicing, they're working out. It's not just coming to games, but obviously we want our fans uh, to be, you know, able to view games in a safe environment. I had a buddy come to the Hofstra game and told me, because he goes to college basketball games, that he felt the safest at a college hoops game as he has all year at Monmouth. He goes, you guys are pretty strict with the masking, and and we said, yeah, that that's a top down thing, and and that comes from you know President Lee, Jeff Stapleton, and everyone else. So hopefully that process. And hopefully that feeling is continued through all of our fans, but I know you and I feel the same way. Let's get everyone healthy and let's play some, play some hoops games.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, spring sports are just, or winter sports are coming back swimming track. It's, we got it a little bit in front of us to to clear some hurdles, but I think, Oh, pun. <laughs> Um But I, I definitely think that uh, the, the infrastructure and the leadership is in place here at Monmouth to do that. Uh, I know it's frustrating for the fans to be ready to go to a game and then have it canceled. I was bummed that we're missing these games um, because our basketball teams are a lot of fun to watch right now. Uh, so, you know, your tickets will be good for, for the rescheduled games and we hope everybody is um, able to make it out safe. We will continue mask mandates inside the building. Uh, we will continue uh, the policy of negative test and or um, vaccines to get in the building. I know that's not, You know, that's a hot button topic. This is not a political show. Uh, But that is what we feel is the safest at this point. Um, And we hope to see you all out there.
0: And we hope to see you out there. And you hope to see Stella Clark out there. And we were so happy to catch up with Stella. Uh, You'll really enjoy this interview. I know Greg and I did. Uh, Our guest this week on Hawk Talk is Stella Clark. Check it out right here. So excited on our second episode of the Hawk Talk podcast to welcome in. Uh, it's funny one of the newer Monmouth Hawks to campus, but a name that if you follow women's college basketball specifically uh, in this area, a name that you've known for quite a while. And Stella Clark's going to join us now, and, and we're so excited to talk to Stella about a variety of topics. But first, Stella, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today?
2: Thank you. I'm really good. Um, I'm excited to join this podcast, and thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's it's our pleasure, and. Um, you know, I remember years ago as so many people in this area have. I followed your career, right? From Manasquan through Northeastern. So excited to have you back in a Mammoth uniform and uh, was oh, always been impressed with your game, how you play, how you carry yourself and now I know all of us here at Mammoth so excited that you're doing it in a Hawks uniform. H- how has the the start to your Mammoth career gone for you? I mean, we see the team already with more than double the wins they had last year and we can see the energy that you and your teammates are playing with. But but how has it gone for you, someone who's inside this, you know, this renaissance of Monmouth women's basketball, bringing this program back?
2: I mean, since it was June when I came here, um, I've loved every second of it. Um, there's just such a push to get better here, and especially with our new head coach. Um, she's been pushing us every single day, and I've really noticed that the level that she expects from us and every practice and everything that we've done. Um, My game has improved so much more um, even from last year. And it's just been such a warm, welcoming. I mean, athletics in general here at Monmouth, it's like very much highly talked about. And I feel like there's so much support coming from even the men's team, every other teams here. And the level of support that I feel here at Monmouth is just such an exciting feeling and it's just like so overwhelming at times too. And, you know, coming back home too, I just, I love being around this environment and having everyone here. Um, there's just a different level of excitement and energy that is in this gym and at Monmouth.
0: When you came back, right, and you come home to this area, mm-hmm. does that m- kind of mesh with how you feel about it now? You know, your, your answer was interesting with how you feel and the support that you and your teammates feel, but is that what you anticipated coming back home? Like, like what were your initial thoughts when you were, you know, continuing your college career, coming back to the area that you grew up in?
2: Um, I mean, I was just excited to, in general, have an extra year of eligibility. Um, I was not expecting that at all. And then just coming home back to Monmouth. Um, I remembered it from high school, just the environment and the stands and the fans and the support that is here at the Jersey Shore, and there really is no other feeling like it, and that was something I had in the back of my mind coming back to Monmouth and playing closer to home was that environment and the just the level of like excitement that there is um, at the Shore, and yeah, I was really looking forward to it, and i it's been very... Uh, present in every game we've had and every um, just everything that we've been doing. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's funny how it not only coincides with you coming home, but like you mentioned, with a new head coach, with Ginny Bogus, who uh, I know Greg and I have been around a long time, and, and we have seen... Um, coaches come in and be able to, to have an impact. But, Greg, I don't even know if we've seen, you know, someone like Coach Bogus come in and have the infectious energy that she has that we see the student-athletes play with. You share a wall with her. I get to interview her a whole bunch of times. To hear Stella say what she says, to see it every day, that's how you know this is real and, and special.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I, I think you see a lot of times – New coaches come in and take over, and they get a little bit extra out of out of their players. It happens in the every level, the NFL, the NCAA. You know, a coach leaves for one reason or another, and then you know, next next coach kind of comes in and gets a little bit extra out of their players. And obviously, adding Stella from a, a, another program was a huge lift. Just being the player that she is, and being a fifth year senior and having experiences. But you're seeing other players. You're getting more juice out of other players. And the team's off to a winning record, which is something we haven't seen in a number of years. And more importantly, I feel like they're having fun. And we talked to Jeff Stapleton on last show about his selection of Ginny Boggess and and what she kind of brings and what he was hoping she would bring. And it's everything you just kind of mentioned. But, like, my question, you know, for Stella was, what's it like to come back and play with some of those players from the shore, Jen Loro, players like that, that you played against in high school? Like, is that fun? Is it... Is it fun to kind of go through all that?
2: Yeah, it's so much fun. And Jen and I actually we played together um, in middle school. We went to the we both went to Wall uh, Intermediate School together, so we've been playing together before. Um, and then in high school, we both were on rivalry high school teams. And I've also there's a few other like Kayla Richardson, um, Antonia like they're all Shore kids. And especially with me and Jen, we have such a great connection and. It doesn't matter that we didn't play together in high school or AAU. Just, I think that our connection off the court and how well we know each other and how much we have trust. um, Like I can rely on Jen at any point and fall back on her and at any point in the game practice outside of basketball. And having such a great connection with her, it just creates such a deeper level of play that we have within each other. And we've both been doing really well, and I think we can bounce back and forth off of each other. And it's just really – it's such a great feeling because it almost reminds me of in high school. Like, I've had cousins that I played with in high school, and I had such a, like, sixth sense of connection, and that's what I honestly feel like I have with Jen. When we need something, we both can look at each other. And having her as another leader on the floor, too – it really just helps make a difference, and I think that we're both doing really good at it.
0: And I think people around here were for years excited to see Shore Conference and Jersey Shore players play at home, stay at home. You kind of get the best of both worlds. You went away, made a great name for yourself, then you came back home. And the quartet you mentioned, add Lucy Thomas into that group too, is you know someone who's went to St. Rose from Ocean Township. You know Stella not to put it all on you and your teammates, but now you're that group that's bringing Mammoth basketball into the shore conference, kind of extending that into it. You played here in high school. Now you get to play here uh, with this extra year of college. H- how special is that for you? That you Jen, the group you mentioned that have that strong connection is the group that is bringing Mammoth women's basketball uh, really more so than ever before into the shore community.
2: I mean, I think it's huge. Um, growing up, like, I started in high school. I actually always watched this one uh, podcast, and it was Eric Thompson. His nickname's ET. And there was this one specific podcast I would always listen to, and he talked about in it how he was one of the best players from his high school, and he got a scholarship to go play in a private school or whatever. And he didn't want to go at all, but his parents made him. And then his senior year, he like, tore his ankle or, like, ruined his ankle or something and then came home and then played his senior year back where he wanted to. And he ended up getting a scholarship from the high school that he was originally from, his hometown. And in the podcast, he asked, he kept talking about, someone was always like, why'd you fight so hard just to come home? And I think that having shore kids here at Monmouth and having, like, weak, we're such great role models for younger girls coming in and there's, we've had multiple high school teams come in and watch us play our practices, even coming to games. And I think for people, younger girls to look up to us and have us as role models to be staying at home and playing and making an impact. And then going from last year to this year and how much this team has overcome and what we've been doing this year. Um, I think it all just stems down to, like, wanting to make your hometown better always, and I think that the connection between all of the shore girls we have down here and the outcome of what's happening this year, um, we all, like, we've been playing with such toughness and discipline this whole season, and especially in the Iona game, when it was down the stretch and it was a close game, the five of us on the floor, whoever it was at any point, we all looked at each other and I could look in everyone's eyes and I felt the fight and how much we wanted it. And it's such a difference because we talk, we try and forget about last year of what was the case scenario. Um, And I think that we're finally proving to ourselves that we're a different team. And like you said before, there's juice being pulled out of so many other girls and that's one of our, uh, core values on this team is juice. It's, uh, jacked up insane contagious energy and that's what it stands for and so we all have are bringing so much more juice to this team and just the fight and grit and the um just wanting to win and just wanting to get better and the feeling that everyone's like proving and showing is just it's awesome and it's great and I'm so happy for everyone who has been here the past few years and the newcomers that are here too and it's just a tremendous feeling.
0: Well, the Iona game was a pretty good way to start league play. Like you mentioned, trailing going into the fourth quarter. Team outscores Iona 20-8 to in the fourth quarter. You go just crazy. 27 (laughs) points. Couldn't miss a shot down the stretch. When you put all that work in, the juice, all the energy, and then you see the results. I mean, we see the celebration videos, right, on Mm -hmm. social media. That's real. That's genuine stuff. And I had someone reach out to me who follows the teams here and hadn't been to a women's game in a while. And, and they were like, what's going on with this team? I go, you got to come check them out yep. because that is real. As you're going through, are you able to enjoy while you're putting this work in? Cause it sure looks like you guys are enjoying yourself
2: so much. Honestly, the feeling basketball brings me is there's no other comparison to what it is. And in the game, the level of excitement and fun I have, I literally feel like I'm a little kid all over again. Um, and yeah, uh, it's just it's been all around like really fun and I I definitely try and take times like even in the middle of the game just to live in the moment of like what's happening right now and just kind of be very grateful and um, yeah and also just the genuineness like you mentioned um, everyone this whole team and everything about Mammoth and this program it's all so genuine and the support from everyone else uh, the other teams our coaches the women's soccer coach is constantly supporting us coming in. And, and it's just, it's, it's rare, I feel like. And it, the, it's, I'm very happy that this is my last year and this is the experience I'm getting from it because this is all honestly everything I've always wanted and just coming in and it actually being, uh, it's actually happening and it's, it's a great feeling.
0: Yeah. I, I think people sometimes want to go home and then when they go that, whether it's as a student athlete or like in the professional world, not always what they kind of maybe have it out. It's hard to go home again is what people say, but right. you know, Greg still is proving that you can go home again. Yeah.
1: hundred percent. My question about that Iona game and it was awesome. Um, are you more proud about, and I know one's probably an individual effort and one's a team effort, but are you more proud about the 27 points or the fact that you held the team to eight points when you needed it in the fourth quarter? Like, I was following along on Twitter and I'm like, all right, it's a close game. Like we could pull us out. It's on the road. Like people are bawling out. We're getting a text from a friend of ours, Brian Beyer, <laughs> who who has my position at at ION, and he's like, uh, Stella Clark is maybe five five, and she is torching us right now. I said, yeah, she's pretty special. Um, but which one of those things are you more more proud of? Because this team seems really uh, take a lot of pride on defense, you know, causing uh, turnovers and and shot clock violations and and those kind of things
2: yeah uh to be honest i don't care much about scoring i care about winning um and if my shot's falling it's falling um but ultimately i'm happy we only held them to eight points um right when we locked into the locker room my teammates were hyping me up they were going off but all i said to them was guys we won that's all that matters like we did it together and it could be one person's night tonight one person's night the next night and at the end of the day I think that just the fact that we've won and we've been winning and we've been making tremendous strides from one game to the next and we've been making improvements and I think that it's helping just our entire team's confidence and other players just like step into bigger roles and I'm so happy for the younger girls on the team, just the minutes they're playing and what they're doing and producing because everyone need like everyone needs this feeling again. Basketball is a lot of lows and highs, and the lows get really lows, but the highs get really high. And when you can kind of have a balance to that and feel when the highs happened, like I always say this, like the best moments in basketball, I'll take those – like that feeling overtakes – the lows any single day, and the lows can get really low, and they honestly might outweigh the highs at some point, like looking at the entirety of the season, like, oh, that was awesome. Like, those four nights, those were fantastic. Like, that feeling was great. And then there might be, like, 15 times when you're thinking, oh, that wasn't the best, but at the end of the day, those moments when you're so excited and you you win a great game or something, that's the best feeling, and I think that's, at the end of the day, the only thing you'll remember from an entire season. Or I don't remember anything bad when I look back at high school or AU or Northeastern. At my favorite moments and the only memories that really hold true to my head are those great moments of pure joy that you can't replicate anywhere else.
1: What is one of those high school – give me your, your, your favorite high school moment.
2: My favorite high school moment was uh, it was our championship game against Rumson Fairhaven. We are played. It was my senior year. We played them at home and I was out the game before because I had something I had was sick that game and it was the only high school game I've ever missed my entire life. And so we had to win that game to advance to the championship game, which we did. So then we played Rumson Fairhaven at home and I had a stomach problem, so I was, like, I had very little energy that game, but I somehow just came over and just managed to play through and play how I, like I always do. Um, and I had a pretty high-scoring game, and then I remember it came down to it at the end. Um, there was, I think, 0. .4 seconds left, and my old teammate Dara Mabry, she got a f- foul going up for a, um, a layup, and we were down by one with... seconds on the clock and she had to make both to win the game and she did. And I just remember in that moment in that time that we they I had so many close games at high school that were just like one point buzzer beater shot. And in that moment, I just remember like it was my senior year and we still pulled through and we always pulled through no matter what, even if it felt like we were down, and that was our last home game too. And the fact that we won on just such a close game, and it was just an incredible feeling.
0: Well, and a feeling that you you had a, a whole bunch of right throughout that just tremendous high school career. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Mammoth tie though is an interesting one. Your your coach actually is married to a classmate of mine, and your high school coach that is.
2: Okay. And
0: and and. Um, a guy that i actually played uh very competitive intramural basketball with back in the day but but matt was an excellent <laughs> basketball player but you know so your your mama's journey started way before it even you even thought that it was yeah but when you think back to those to those times you know what what is it about you know shore conference girls basketball that is just so good and competitive and, and really with your Manisquan team like you said in close games playing crazy schedules every year playing the best teams in the state really in the region but they they just Prevail. It seems to be a theme. If you're on the team, they're going to find a way to go and win, especially a big game.
2: Yeah. I mean, like you said, just the Jersey Shore down here, it's just so competitive. I remember even when I was in eighth grade, I would be coming to the high school basketball games, watching as a fan, like looking at all these girls, like, wow, like, I want to be them. Like, I want to do that. I want to play in these big gyms with crazy amounts of fans. And I think there's just an edge down here. Um, and everyone brings it. Every gym I walk into, everyone wants to be the best. And there's been such great role models around this area too. Um, like I, I, played with Marina Mabry, who's now in the WNBA, and just other girls um, who have gone to play professionally. And I think that these role models, there's just constantly happening over the year and the next generations, and people are leaving their marks and creating um a level that you have to live up to and you have to play and you have to achieve and I grew up playing with my two cousins Addie and Faith Masonis and we were at each other's necks like (laughs) literally we wouldn't talk after basketball like we didn't that's how far it got and um I had I I had people to play against to get extremely competitive with and I took it personal and I take everything personal, the wins, the losses. Like I get pissed like bad when we lose, like, and that's just something that's been engraved in me. Like I don't like to lose. And especially with my height, I'm actually five three. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, that's something like I'm prideful about people. Some ask me like, how do you play that way? You're five four or whatever. And, um, I think my height is honestly one of my advantages, the fact that people aren't – I'm lower to the ground, so it's harder to steal the ball from me when I'm dribbling. And I've always taken it as an advantage for myself, um, and that's just the edge that I've given myself. It doesn't matter what I look like or my size or anything. As long as you have that passion to want to be great and want to put out these things, like, anyone can do it. And so –
0: well then it had to feel good when you came back on campus you walk here into the athletics building and straight down the hallway is it's a phrase that's an internal phrase here within the athletics department but it has believe compete succeed and it's something our coaches talk about so when you see the word compete in you know size 80 font at a hallway right where you're coming it, you probably start to feel at home in a place that values competition as much as you do.
2: Yeah most definitely um that's always, I've always been extremely competitive. Like literally even in like first grade, when were, like, the teacher was like, line up for the gym class. And I would be the first, I'd sprint to be the first in line. Like that's just always been me. Um, and I love competing. I'm competing with my teammates every single day. And I think that when you have that edge and it doesn't matter who you're playing against or if I'm on scout team in practice or if I'm not on scout team I'm just competing to make myself better and to make my teammates better.
0: So then give us and give the listeners something. What is Stella Clark incredibly competitive at besides basketball? What's the thing that maybe someone wouldn't guess? Is it a board game? Is it trivia? What are you crazy competitive at that nobody would guess if they just followed your career from a distance?
2: I think uh, I would put pool up there honest
1: like that's billiards
2: billiards yeah Yeah, pool. billiards Mm
0: -hmm. no i i think it's good that you bring that up because (laughs) i don't think i've heard that's where did you learn to play pool
2: my grandfather always had a table at his house my dad had a bumper pool table at his house um and my older brother he's he loves playing pool so we'll go and play together and i've just always loved playing there's strategy towards it and uh It's a fun, more relaxing game, I guess, but I'm very competitive at it and I enjoy playing.
0: So a way for you to still be competitive while relaxing. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Well, it's not just pool and and basketball – that, I think we've noticed that you're competitive in, but you know, when we got to meet you and, and kind of start our relationship, one of the things that we were excited to learn about is your great passion for things off the court, graphic mm-hmm. design. And, and you have a, a tremendous, um, you know, following on, on Instagram. So please plug that design account and tell us how your love for graphic design started.
2: Yeah. So my design account is at design by Stella with three L's. And then, um, I've, I've always been into design. Um, my entire family, both my mom and dad's side, they're all artists, and they're all very unique people. Um, I, my dad's one of 13 kids, so I grew up with a huge family on his side, and everyone's their own unique individual, and I've always been a creative person. Um, I think I've also taken my, create. I like to think outside of the box, and me being creative in general has also helped my basketball skills, too. Um, because of my height, I have to be creative within basketball, and I don't know. I've always just enjoyed making things, um, and I like to make something to honestly for others. And I like to create a reaction from people and make them like happy and feel good about it. So I, I don't know. I've always just enjoyed design. I took a design, a graphic design class in high school, and after that class, immediately I was like, I love this, and. I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to study at college, um, but after taking that graphic design course, um, I really started to think about doing graphic design for my major, and then which I ended up doing, and um, that just sparked like a lot more. I learned so much more about it, and then. I've always been into like illustrations and doodling. So a lot of my design pages, a lot of illustrations. And then I just got really into that a few years ago and have just kind of been rocking with it. And um, yeah, so I've just, it's kind of just been um, uh, something I've enjoyed doing for most of my life.
1: And now she helps us out.
0: (laughs) Well, it's part of the next phase, right? And, and that's see her
1: design work on our social media pages.
0: Exactly. And, and when Stella's done with her long basketball career in front of her, then she's got that to go on. Or plenty of passions. You won championships in high school in basketball, but you're also a championship surfer in high school. Is that another passion?
2: Yeah, it is. It's more of a hobby. Um, okay. I, I enjoy surfing. Um, it's more of my younger brother's thing. He's a huge surfer. But, uh, yeah, I like to surf um, when I have free time and stuff. Definitely not in the winter, though.
0: <laughs> well, it's probably a little bit better, a little closer to the shore than it is in Boston, right?
2: Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you gone on, like, a surf trip? Have you, like...
2: Um, I went to Costa Rica once. Um,
1: yeah, that qualifies. <laughs> yeah,
2: it qualifies. Um, yeah, I just kind of do- have always done it for fun, and just, it's a pastime I enjoy doing. It's, I don't know, it's it's very fun. Um, I did it my freshman year of high school, and um, yeah, we won the championship for that, and uh, it was just a great experience. I love doing it, and it's just honestly a free feeling just getting up and surfing, and it's kind of mindless, and it helps just take my mind off things.
0: Well, especially when you spend it being competitive (laughs) however many months out of the year that you do, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, anyone who followed Stella's career through high school, through the first part of her college career, and then saw her come back home, you know, Missed a really great four years at Northeastern, 2,000 points, but we're so excited that you are continuing that career here. And, you know, what would your message be to the listener about kind of the rest of the season for this Monmouth team? You know, I I think we've learned so much more about you that, that I think a lot of people maybe didn't know off the court but now let's let's end up where you belong right w- which is on the court and, and what would be your message to the viewer to the fan that comes to games what they can expect to see from from you and your teammates through uh, hopefully a nice run through march
2: yeah we're coming out there to fight and play hard um we're gonna be running all game long and we are not gonna give up and that's mammoth and that's our team this year and we are a brand new team with a brand new coaching staff, new players, and we are coming out there to fight every single game, and um, we're not going to let up. I think everyone's bought into playing tougher and playing more disciplined, and in our game against Iona, too, I kept talking about everyone. We need to play smart and we need to play hard because that's two things we can control, and um, I think that just for anyone coming to watch, just – Expect the unexpected from us. Um, we have – everyone has bought into their roles, and we have – we still have players that are injured that are coming back that are going to make tremendous strides for us also. And um, I think that it's just going to be a great season, and it's exciting, and it's fun. And Mammoth is a fun team to watch this year, I've, and it's a fun to play with everyone. And I think that just – expect fun and excitement from us, and we're not going to let up.
0: Well, I know. We'll be there. You and I will be there courtside. We'll have a great seat to watch Stella never stop running. <laughs> it's I am exhausted leaving games watching you play. I can only imagine how you feel.
2: Yeah, surprisingly, I have... Don't get that tired. Three, <laughs> Rubino keeps us in great shape. Um, yeah.
1: Good shout out for, for our strength and conditioning coach, Br- Rubino.
0: Yeah, and to the great student-athletes who uh, put that into training. And, Stella, we appreciate you joining us so much and wish you the best of luck and continued success on the rest of this year. We're, we're happy that you're able to come home and make it a great experience and, and really wish you the best of luck.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks a lot for having me.
0: I was always a fan of Stella's from a distance and you know Greg it's been great to be able to watch her play up close and personal even better to to be able to get to know the person with like you mentioned during the interview her interest outside of the game
1: yeah I think it's like really the the best part of what we kind of do here is uh, not only just promoting and and these student-athletes as student-athletes but you know, being educators. And I know Dr. McNeil used to kind of push that on us that we're all part of the education system. You know, we're not professors or well, you are, but, um, <laughs> most of us are not professors, but we're still here to help educate and and part of the experience of these student athletes. So, uh, j- just to have her come in and uh, share her love of graphic design with some of the stuff that we do, uh, on our social channels. And it's just, it's a great opportunity for her. And it's one that like a lot of our students and student athletes get, and it's really the best part about it.
0: Yeah. And I think it's great because not only did they get and, you and I and everyone that works here, we had through time throughout our young careers where people helped us. And I think now one of the great things to be able to do is to offer those opportunities to students who are interested. We've had you know, how many student photographers come through and that are now professionals. And, um, you know, whether it's graphic design, video work, former players, its it really is impressive. And I think it's important for students to know when they come to a school like Monmouth, if you are interested and you put the time in, it will be rewarded with opportunities here. It's not one of those places where, uh, oh, I'm interested in this. Well, great, you got to wait three years before you get in that program. No, if you want to do something and you show initiative, you can get into it right away.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, that's one of the things that I've talked with my own kids about is, you know, you got to take advantage of opportunities. Or, you know, nobody's going to walk up to you and pry out of, you know, pry things out of your, your, your mind of what you like to do. Stella Clark graduated with a graphic design degree, you know, talked with coach Bogus about it. Coach Bogus mentioned it to me in passing in the hallway that she was a graphic design major and actually went to school for it because, uh, everybody thinks they're a graphic design major. Hence the fun meme. My passion, My passion is graphic <laughs> design. Uh, but, and, and know that she actually graduated and, and had some skill at it and put her in, in touch with Mark Mormon in, in the back office. And, um, It's just a great opportunity, and I love that it comes through the athletic department, too. I'd be happy to get these student-athletes involved with their passion anywhere on this campus, and I know you've done that, Uh, but it's awesome that that it's one student-athlete helping the athletic department.
0: And it obviously just goes right into, you know, you make – or you get out what you put in. And I think it's kind of one of the themes of the department and one of the things that Dr. McNeil, um, you know, kind of instilled in everyone. And, and, you know, Jeff Stapleton is kind of continuing, uh, you know, one thing we'd like to keep everyone kind of up to date with is some of the great promotions. And we mentioned at the, at the very top of this, um, you know, the ways to, if you had a game that you were going to go to get postponed, those tickets are still good. Well, ticketing and mammothhawkscom slash tickets is one great way to do that. But, you know, we have a great, gear partner with shopmammothhawks.com who works in line with Under Armour and other vendors um, to provide promotions to Mammoth fans. And you know, if you're like me, right, you turn that calendar page and it's all about some resolutions and I've got enough life things going on this year that I need to hold myself to some of these resolutions. But if you jump on shopmammothhawks.com right now, you get 20% off of performance wear. So if one of your resolutions is to get active again, to get right back, you know, into the fitness game, Performance wear, twenty percent off, and if you're gonna work out and you're gonna do that, it may as well be branded with the Mammoth marks.
1: That's right, Rep the Hawks, official marks, official gear, uh, and um, stuff's pretty good. I've ordered it.
0: Oh, I order it all the time.
1: And there's there's name brand stuff on there. They have their brand stuff on there, and, correct? Um, and those those promotions kind of change all the time. So shopmonmouthhawks.com. What you mentioned ticket promotions? Yes. What, what if I was really a fan of, let's say, um, craps and, but I also loved basketball. Is there a way for me to, to, to marry those two passions?
0: There is. Oh goodness. Is there ever. So as you know, the Mac tournaments down in Atlantic city this year, It is. and the department is currently running two different promotions, one for the men and one for the women. It's called the March to Atlantic city jackpot package. What is that, you may ask?
1: I do ask, what is that, Eddie? Well,
0: I'd be happy to tell you. The March to Atlantic City Jackpot Package is two three-game packages for both the men and the women against their three rivals on their respective sides. You get three games for the price of two. Great seeding you're saving money you need that
1: after the holiday season
0: no doubt about it and it's your way on the men's side to ensure a lower level ticket to some of these premium games and it's a way to make sure that you don't miss this women's team as well that is playing so well this part of the season if you go to mammothhawkscom slash tickets you can find the information there you can call the ticket office at 732-263-5735 that's ingrained in my head by the yeah, way yeah
1: that's that's good number well you've been saying it for enough
0: times years I've been saying that's it that's the
1: one number that hasn't changed in the the, time I've been here.
0: exactly and if you jump on our social media you could see the graphics that go along with it but the march to atlantic city jackpot package not only gets you those three games each ticket package purchased enters you into a chance to win mac tournament tickets down in atlantic city hence the gambling tie i can't wait for that because i'm gonna we're gonna have a great time watching call and covering games and then seeing what else atlantic city has to offer <laughs> definitely
1: and by then it'll be march i'll maybe i could recuperate a little bit from uh from from the holiday spending that went on at my house.
0: Well, you got Giving Day, you got March Atlantic City jackpot package yeah, there. Don't forget
1: about Giving Day.
0: There's a whole lot going on. We'll talk about that much further or much later on these podcasts, but we appreciate you checking out our, our most recent episode of Hawk Talk. It was a pleasure to catch up with Stella. It's a pleasure to obviously be able to hang out and, and kind of cut it up with our producer and co-host, my friend Greg Viscomi. And Greg, uh, appreciate all the work you do with this. Excited for the next one, man.
1: Yeah, and I would be remiss if we did not send out a congratulations to your broadcast partner Steve Bazazz, alum marrying another alum liz, the beautiful liz i saw the pictures looked like a wonderful time congrats to liz for actually getting him to the the aisle um what, what was that a great event or what it was it's it, tough during this time but
0: i mean i got married during the pandemic so i understand <laughs> I feel everything bad for,
1: for everybody yeah
0: it, it, it's a wild time but you know it, it, they they had to push back and they were and they were able to go through with it and you know obviously it was a great time you, like you said you saw the photos everyone had a great time you know uh, liz and steve and and me, all three of us met in college, and, and obviously they, you know, hit it off. And, um, you know, Liz was a mammoth cheerleader. Steve was a walk-on on the team after he was a student broadcaster. So it's a great mammoth story, you know, kind of when you think about it. So it was just a beautiful ceremony and, um, and it w- it was great to be able to ring in the new year, you know, with them. And, and it was, you know, great to see it finally happen. So, um, you know, it's a lot of years in the making. They met the night, like uh, officially unofficially, they met the night of, uh, the game that Monmouth played Villanova back in 2006 down in Philadelphia. Um, so it's pretty remarkable. The, the story from, from there to here, and don't worry, that made it into the best man speech too. <laughs> I
1: bet it did. Well, congratulations, Liz and Steve. And, uh, We'll catch you the next time.
0: production of the monmouth digital network hawk talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites including spotify apple Podcasts, audible pandora and more all rights reserved uh.